everything, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy, holy, holy God. Thank you, dear Lord. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, it's good to be in God's house this morning. Let's take a look at the Bible. Let's take a look at His Word. Thank God. What a beautiful, beautiful day outside. And oh God, let it be beautiful in the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank God. All right, I'm turning to 1 Timothy in your Bible. And if, if you turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 1, and work backwards, you won't have too far to go to find Timothy. 1 Timothy. Okay, now in 1 Timothy, chapter 1, First Timothy, chapter 1, I'm going to begin with verse 11. All right, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 11 reads like this. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting, into me, putting me into the ministry who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 15, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. In verse 13, he said, who was before. Everybody said before. before. And then in verse 16, he said, for a pattern to them which should hear after believe on him. Everybody said after. after. So I want to work for a little while this morning on before and after. Before and after. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. I'm glad you're here this morning. Help out here and get everybody good and situated and happy. Okay, we're glad you're here. God bless you. All right, very good, very good. All right. You know, when you have an opportunity and God has a way of making the opportunity 
appear in our lives. This grace of God that appears in our lives. And we get, an, we get this heavenly opportunity to do just what Jesus said we must do. And that is be born again off water and of the Spirit. And that brings you, of course, scripturally, how do I get born again off water? Which was the very question that was asked by a very smart, intellectual, well-educated man who could not understand. And uh, there's a lot of things that we can't understand because of our flesh, because of our natural side, okay? We are, we are born in sin, and we're shapen or misshapen in lawlessness. Do anything I want, nobody tell me. I can do whatever I want to do. I don't care what anybody says. Lawlessness, iniquity. We certainly live in that kind of world where that spirit rages, and people just doing whatever they want to do, any way they want to do it. And they don't want to be <clears throat> in subjection. They have an attitude that ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Stuff like that. And um, most of us can identify with that attitude as it is written, such were some of you, such were some of us. Uh, you know, I wasn't always a preacher. I wasn't always in the church. I didn't always have the knowledge of the holy. I wasn't always a preacher or ministry. That's for sure. And uh, But that day when the goodness and the grace of God appeared in my life, and I was given this heavenly opportunity to be born again of water, and I was in looking at the Scripture and being witnessed to, I saw God open my understanding to where to be born again of water was to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. It was not what the well-educated individual said, do I enter the second time into my mother's womb? Not at all. Jesus, you know, he never even addressed that. He just <laughs> went right by it. He didn't even bother it. I guess he felt like it was such a natural and ridiculous uh, question uh, that he just figured the best thing to do was just go to the heart of the matter. And that was that we had to be, we needed something spiritual. We needed something of the spirit. Uh, that which is flesh is flesh. But that which is spirit is spirit. So he was setting aside the natural things. Jesus was setting that over there, so to speak, and just said, now that's natural, that's carnal, uh, that's of men, but I'm directing you to that which is of the Spirit, and to be born again of the Spirit, and the water in the Spirit is a spiritual thing. And so you are to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. When you do that, then you are born again of water. Okay. And the the as you study subject matter in the Bible, the beauty of that is also that when you're, when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, that's the blood is in his name. And uh, 
if you're going to get your sins forgiven, then you're going to have to be washed in his blood. And the initial way to get washed in his blood, of course, is to the Bible teaching us, all of us, to repent of our sins. And as we tell God that we're sorry, and that for the life we've lived and the way we've lived it, the things that we've done wrong, the unbelief and the doubt, fear, the contrariness, uh, many related such things that are in our flesh. You know, we do have this flesh to contend with. We are born in sin. And so we, we have to face up to the fact that we have said it wrong and we have thought it wrong and we have done it wrong. But we also have this, now we have this heavenly, wonderful opportunity to have all that taken care of. And so we repent and we get baptized in water, in the name of Jesus Christ. And the blood is in that name, okay? And so when we put you in the water, we immerse you in the water. Now, some people don't like having to go backwards in the water. Well, there's nothing in the Bible that says you have to go backwards. Okay. You can, you can dip down in the water. You can bend your knees. As long as we get you under the water, shall we say for a split second, just get you buried. Because baptism, the Bible teaches, is a burial. Okay. So we get you baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. We get you immersed. We get you dipped in the name of Jesus Christ, and you're buried with Christ Jesus. Then when you come up out of the water, uh, I remember we baptized uh, Billy, and uh, he'd only broken his neck twice, and we, we, got, we got healing from Jesus Christ on that. And uh, so I, I did not want to, uh, I wanted to handle it with very carefully. Uh, so I just, delicately put my hand on his shoulder and I uh, instructed him, Billy, when I give you a little bit of pressure, I just want you to, to bend your knees and go down that way and we'll get you just, just where you're under the water. And then uh, pressure of bringing you back up, a slight pressure and uh, a little nudge and uh, you come up and uh, you'll be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And the blood is in that name that I'm baptizing you in. I'm baptizing you in the name that is above every name. The name that is above every name. And so, for an individual to do that, they are then born again of water. Jesus finished that lesson up by telling the individual, you have to be born again of the Spirit also. And so the example given when Jesus himself in the days of his flesh, was baptized by John the baptizer, who balked, who, wanted, who didn't want to do that. And, you know, usually it's the one getting baptized that balks. You know, we have, we have a young man that's 14, going on 15 years old, and his mother is refusing to allow us to baptize him because she says, he's, he's too young. He's too young. Have to be 15 years old. Most people, in their right mind, would be jumping up and down if their teenager wanted to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. They'd be happy about it because we've got 
teenagers out there shooting one another, killing one another, doing drugs. Not too many weeks ago, a young man uh, ate dinner with his parents, and he got up from eating dinner with them in the restaurant, and he walked down the street through a neighborhood and saw a young couple, I say young, they were maybe in their mid-40s, and they were had their garage door open. They were sitting on a couple of stools. It was a beautiful evening. And they had often had friends come by and entertained. And so they were just kind of sitting there and enjoying the, the beautiful evening, married couple. And, and uh, this kid comes in. He's a, high, he's a college student, young, maybe 20, 19, 20 years old. He comes walking in there. And he proceeded to assault them. He wound up killing both of them. But he wasn't, it wasn't enough to just kill them. He, uh, he, he, the spirit, the devil that was in him was, had a cannibalism to it. He actually ate the man's face and ate it, some of his chest. Can you imagine? It's hard to imagine. Hard to imagine. that. And uh, they attribute it to some kind of drugs that he took. They're not even sure, and I have not read the paper yet, if they've come to any determination on, they have sent the uh, toxicology report on the blood to uh, the FBI in hopes to identify what type of drug he was on. And, uh, but I'm saying to you, spirits that can get a hold of people and can, you get a, you've got somebody in there, you know, anywhere from, I'll just say from 12 to, to 25 that wants to get baptized in Jesus' name, I'd be thrilled about that. Be happy about that. You know? A whole lot better than being out there doing stuff like that. And we have, there's hardly a day goes by but what you can read in the newspaper and uh, about some horrible event that takes place. Maybe somebody driving at 140 miles an hour and flipping their car and and killing themselves and others, and on and on it goes. And I sure, certainly don't want to be a, a purveyor of bad news here this morning. I don't mean that at all. I simply mean that I'm trying to bring out the point that if you have somebody that has the opportunity and the desire to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, my God, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Let's show them the scriptures, the chapter and the verse, and let's embrace it. What an opportunity to be washed in his blood. That opportunity is not always going to be there. You hear me now? It's not always going to be there. This period of time in which we live is going to come to an end. All right? This dispensation, a dispensation, it's a Bible word, and it is a period of time in which God deals with man in a very particular way. We're living in the time of grace or the church age. That's the dispensation we're living in. And, and we, it, the door is closing. You read where the Bible teaches in Matthew 25 about the wise and the foolish and how that the wise, they took oil, the Holy Ghost, in their vessels, that's us, with their lamps, that's the Word of God. Okay, as the foolish, they had, they had vessels, okay, 
and they had opportunity to get the oil, but they did not take the oil. They did not get the Holy Ghost. And you can pretty much figure that means they did not get baptized in Jesus' name. They didn't get the born-again experience. They resisted that. They fought against that. Okay, for whatever reason. People always feel like they have a good reason. There is no good reason not to be born again of water and spirit. There is, I was in a, uh, I think it was a Walgreens, and uh, had to pick something up, and I had to ask somebody, because I didn't know, I'm not very familiar with a lot of those things, and I, I asked the, uh, a young man, he was of college age, and he was from, actually wound up, he was from Belgrade, and I was over in, in the Royal Palm area, and coming home, and, and uh, as I said, he was very polite, very nice, a Spanish young man, and he was from Belgrade, he told me, and so that gave me a, a nice little opportunity to talk with him a little bit, and uh, so he escorted me up to the counter to get me checked out, and the young lady uh, was there, and there was an, a woman checking out, and she had a, you know, a dog that she was holding, and they three got in a conversation as she was checking out about the dog. I'm just standing there with my little thing and wanting to get out of there. And uh, so I'm having to step back and be patient while they're doing the dog thing. Yeah. So, um, and then he whips out his phone. He's showing a picture of his new dog because his dog died. So then when they went that route. So then the young lady that was the cashier, she said to me, um, she said, you have to excuse us. She said, um, I'm a dog person. And I said, well, I'm not. I said, I'm a people person. And uh, so she said, well, that's good. That's nice. I said, yeah. I said, you know, save the whales, save the dogs. I said, I don't do that. I said, I save people. And uh, I think I stopped her dead in her tracks right about then. And, uh, but she paid attention, and I got to talk to her a little bit. And uh, how important it is, church family, to realize the opportunity. Jesus comes. In the days of his flesh, he comes to John the baptizer to be baptized. That was John's ministry, the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, the forgiveness, the full pardon of sins. And Jesus comes to be baptized. And John, knowing who he was, you know what did one place say? We know and are sure that thou art the Christ. And knowing who he was, he said, wait a minute. He says, I don't need to be baptizing you. He said, you need to baptize me. And Jesus had to get a little stern with John the baptizer. You know, you didn't, you didn't play patty cake with John the baptizer. Okay. This guy ate roaches and <laughs> dipped them in honey and lived in the desert. Okay. Okay. This guy was rough as a cop. Corn cop. Rough as a cop. He... He, uh, <laughs> so Jesus had to be a little stern with him and, and let him know that uh, you just go ahead and obey me. You know, some people don't like it when you just direct them to be obedient. You know, there are things that you should do, church family, out of obedience. Okay? Do it out of obedience. And so John the baptizer straightened up he quit arguing, 
quit trying to have his own way, and he obeyed Jesus the Christ. And he went on to baptize Jesus the Christ, the flesh. And when Jesus came straight way up out of the water, you got to get in the water to get out of it. Okay? I think maybe you'll recall the individual that was riding along on his 32s with his music thumping and pumping and going through the desert. And he sees this individual, he slows down. And he had a driver. I guess he put the window down and gave him the word. And so the chauffeur slowed down. And, and uh, this guy from Ethiopia looks at the guy out in the desert. And uh, the guy out in the desert says, I see you're reading the Bible. Yeah. He says, uh, you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I accept somebody God? me? I'm reading it, but I'm, I'm having a hard time here. I'm having a difficult time understanding what I'm reading. I need somebody to guide me. I need somebody to help me here. And so, that's what the preacher did. I'm here to, I'm not saving dogs, I'm saving people. Let me help you out. And so, we could all turn there if you wanted to, to Isaiah 53. That's where he was at. And the, the question was, is, is the prophet talking about himself or is he talking about somebody else? Well, obviously, you and I are fortunate enough to read and understand Isaiah 53, that it is a tremendous chapter having to do with Jesus the Christ and how that prophetically telling you about him, his crucifixion, his life. And so, but it never says anything about water baptism in that chapter. And yet, the preacher must have been covering that territory pretty good in that lesson. Because all of a sudden, the guy that's in control of his vehicle taps him, if you please, taps the chauffeur on the shoulder, which meant stop. And he says to the preacher, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Well, that's a good question some people should ask. And as I told you, we've got an almost 15-year-old young man who wants to be baptized, and what's hindering is his unbelieving mother. What a terrible thing. You know? I promise you there's a lot of mothers whose young men are in jail. Hear me now. They'd just love for them to be baptized in Jesus' name. That they wouldn't fight it. They wouldn't argue it. They wouldn't debate it. They wouldn't want to uh, somehow or another get involved with a theological discussion. They'd just be so thrilled to see that young man or woman make a step in the right direction. See, here is water. Baptize me. Baptize me. And so the Bible said, with Jesus coming straight way up out of the water, and so it was with this individual that went down into the water and he was baptized and they, he came up out of the waters. You got to get in the water to get out of the water. You got to get in this. You got to get in this, church family. You got to become a part. And you can't do your own thing. You, you got to become obedient. You've got to submit yourself. And that's a Bible word submit yourself. Okay? All right. 
I remember when I submitted, and I was very rebellious, and very hateful, and very full of my own ideas about things. But when that grace of God came my way, somehow, by the grace of God, I gave it up. I said, okay, okay. I remember seeing Sifel and I both. We were baptized by our pastor in the name of Jesus Christ. It's not been too many years ago that I took some of the, somebody with me and I went by the old building that we helped our pastor build. And uh, I uh, was hunting for that tank. It was an outdoor tank. And uh, the people that have church there now, he told me that they, they got rid of it, they sold it or whatever they did. Well, if only I had known, I would have been more than happy to have gotten that tank and brought it here. But uh, it was an outdoor thing, and we both got in the tank with the baptismal gowns on, the robes, and you know, first he baptized Sean Sitzfeld, and then he baptized me in the name of Jesus Christ. What a beautiful and glorious moment it was. What a brand new life it began. Amen. Amen. As I told you in this lesson this morning, and I am still trying to increase our word power, listen to what verse 12 again said, or 11, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was commanded or committed to my trust. He said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me. Now that's the kind of enabling we want to be. Huh? If you want to enable somebody, make sure it's in something good. Make sure it's in something spiritual. That you're enabling or you're helping, aiding and abetting somebody to do something good. You know? That you're winning a soul. That you're pulling somebody out of the fire. You don't want to be enabling somebody to sin, to be rebellious, to be disobedient, to be contrary. You don't want to help that. I don't want to enable that at all. But if, but if I could use that Bible word and, and put that to, to good use, if I could enable somebody. And here he said, that he, was, he enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the gospel. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Who was before. Now I tell you, I am telling you what I was before. I was a sinner. I was lost. The Apostle Paul went into that about himself. All the things, not all, but a lot of the things that he did wrong. A lot of his attitude that was sinful and wrong and disobedient. And, uh, but here he is magnifying the name and the truth and the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, here's what he said, who was before, speaking of himself. He said, I was a blasphemer. That means I talked ugly. I talked contrary. I was against the things that belong to Jesus Christ, the church, the truth, the leadership. I was ugly. I was a blasphemer, he said. I spoke offensively. And he said, and I was a persecutor 
And he said, and I was injurious. I did injury. He said, but I obtained mercy because, of course, I did things ignorantly. You know, a lack of knowledge. If you start gaining a little insight here, start getting a little knowledge, if you'll listen up a little bit and become obedient, then you, you get rid of your ignorance. My pastor used to say that he had prayed that God would deprive him of his ignorance. Take away our lack of knowledge. Educate us to the things of the Holy Ghost. Help us to understand the things of Jesus Christ. So he said, in the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. And that's where he said, this is a faithful saying, and worthy. There's some things worth talking about, and there's some things that are not worth talking about. But when, you, when you're talking about the gospel, when you're talking about the truth, when you're talking about the blood of Jesus Christ and the grace of His Holy Spirit, now that's worth talking about. That's, that's worth the breath in your body. Okay. That's what you want to be using your faculties for. You know. Everybody said hallelujah. Faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation, that Jesus, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He said, now I'm of whom I'm chief. You know, I'm not playing it down who I was. I'm acknowledging to you. Being honest with you was rebellious, was disobedient. But that was the word before. Everybody said before. before. When you get born again of water and the Spirit, when we baptize you after you repent of your sins, we baptize you in water, fully immerse you in the name of Jesus Christ. That's for the forgiveness of all of your sins. That He washes your conscience clean. No more remembrance of that old... They, there's a man, he was a guitar player, was, you know, a celebrity, well-known, and a singer, guitar player, and uh, wrote a lot of songs. And, uh, but he developed dementia of the Alzheimer type. And this man who had sung many, many, many songs, played them on his guitar, and uh, who was uh, well known. You can hand him a guitar now, and he, he doesn't even know what it is. And that's sad. I'm not exaggerating. I've read that. And that was his wife saying that he doesn't even know what a guitar is anymore. And that he's, in losing his, uh, the battle to Alzheimer's, he's lost all memory uh, use. You know, the, there's some things you don't even have to think about it. It's in your memory. You do it. And he has lost all of that memory use. He, he wouldn't know how to hold a guitar, much less if he even recognized what a, a guitar was anymore. So, there are things that people lose. But you know, when we get born again of water and the Spirit, 
Everybody said amen. amen. When we get born again of water and the Spirit, we get immersed in water in the name of Jesus Christ. There's not going to be any more memory of, of the sinful lifestyle if we're letting the before, letting go of the before. We've sang the song and quoted it, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. Okay? And the places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. The things I used to go and do, no more. No more. That was before. That was before. I'm done with that. Done with that. When I came into church, the body of Christ, I told you, it was all brand new to me. You know? And uh, gradually, you know, I know it's very hard to believe, but I had hair. And I, I uh, cut my hair. I guess I got too excited about that, didn't I? <laughs> cut too much. But I, I cut my long hair. I lived in the hippie generation. Uh, we went to Woodstock. We were a part of all that garbage. And, uh, but when we got baptized in Jesus' name, and God filled us with the Holy Ghost, then what did Paul say? He used the word separated. When, when God separated me from those kind of things. That, that's what happens. You separate from that. I didn't hang out with that crowd anymore. I wasn't going those places anymore. I wasn't talking that talk anymore. This wasn't a part of it at all. And, uh, you know, as you live for God, and uh, days grow into weeks, and weeks grow into months, and months grow into years, and years become decades, and decades become scores, and you, you know, I'm within, we are within just a few years of being in the church for 50 years. But compared to the weeklies, we're just babes. Okay, that's not a bad feeling either. <laughs> but uh, I'm saying it, you keep putting one foot in front of another. One prayer along with another. One service after another. You keep reading the book. You keep worshiping God. You keep on keeping on. And you get a whole lot of before behind you. You're not that way anymore. That's how I used to be, but I'm not that way anymore. My life has changed, and it's been changed by the life changer. Amen. By the life changer. So he goes on to say, who was before. Talking about himself. That's how I was before. And then he says in verse 16 of 1 Timothy, Howbeit for this cause, I hope that we could could really lock into the cause here. Isn't that what David told his unbelieving brothers when they called him a brat? They told him to go back home. Why well, go back home? I've already whooped the lion and the bear. Well, I need, that's not where the battle's at. The battle's right out here in front of me. You know, I'm listening to somebody run their mouth. I hear and see right where the battle's at. Yeah. So he said, David said, is there not a cause? Isn't there a good godly reason here to stand up for what's right? 
So, howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering, for a pattern to them which are which should hereafter believe on him. So before and after. How are you now? Let him work in your life that changes you. That you're not like you used to be anymore. Okay? That your mind has been washed in the blood of the Lamb when you were baptized in His name. Your conscience is made clean and right and all anew. And you found this law of faith. And you're walking by faith. You're living by faith in Christ Jesus. And as the writer said, Jude's writing, verse 3, and he talked about this faith, the faith. Okay? We don't, this, there isn't two or three or four or ten of this church family. There's one God. Okay? There's one Lord. There's one faith. And there's one baptism. The baptism does have an A and a B to it. A, you're baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, born again of water, and B, you're baptized in the Spirit, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the one baptism of Ephesians 4 and 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one faith, one fixed, firm set of beliefs that's worthy of acceptation. You should accept it. You should believe it. Meaning you should not reject it. You should not fight it. You should not argue with it. You know, I'm going to tell you, frankly, whether you just do it in your mind, try to be hidden about it, or you get up in my face, you should not argue with me. You shouldn't be like that. That attitude should not be any longer in your life. You know, it's been said, and I was taught, it's okay, it's acceptable to disagree. But there's a line then. It is not okay to let a spirit get into it, to cross that line and become disagreeable. There's a difference. There's a difference. You don't want to let a spirit get into things. You don't want to let that devil get his ugly, nasty foot in the door. Okay? I don't care how much he polishes and paints it. You want to polish and paint something, you work on your conscience. You work on your spirit. You get what you need in the Holy Ghost. You hear me? That's what you want to get a hold of. Amen. And amen and amen. And everybody said hallelujah. Oh, yeah. There's people that'll do all kinds of stuff, you know, along those lines. And they just think that they, you know, and they're covering everything. You're not covering what's important. You're not dealing with what's important. You're, you're not dealing with what's going, what needs to be changed so that you can spend all of eternity with Jesus. You know, all, the, all the different colors of the rainbow aren't going to do it. And all the sparkle and the glitter is not going to do it. You hearing me now? We're not a part of any of that stuff. And you don't want to be a part of any of that distraction. You don't want to let that be where your mind is at. 
Get your mind on Jesus. You know? Get your mind on Jesus. My mind isn't on dogs, church family. I'm not against dogs. You know. Really, I don't hate them. My mind just isn't on them. I, uh, I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to be chasing after that. I'm not going to get all caught up in that. Trying to save souls. Trying to win people. Trying to educate people biblically. I want them to have a before and an after. We want people to be able to see, you know. And that's a good reason why this experience makes such a change in us. Okay, he said here, for this cause. There's a cause. David said, is there not a cause? Sure there's a cause. There's a reason. Because people are visual. Okay? That's why, again, there are things that we don't partake of and get involved with because the content is bad. And children grow into young men and young women and then eventually adults and so on and so forth until you're being shaped, you're being molded because you're particularly visual. What I hear is one thing, and that, that is a certain percentage. But the greater percentage comes from what I see that affects me. The visual. The visual. And so it's important. We, we live a life. We, uh, people see us everywhere we go. They see what we look like. They see what we dress like. I laugh. People all the time say something about my suit or my tie or something. And uh, I came the other day. I, I was, my suit was almost white. I'd been over the building. And uh, if there's any dirt, it'll find me. It just leaps on me. I'm like a magnet. Whew, there it is. And... Uh, and uh, people will say something, and I'll say, well, this is just me. This is how I am. Nine times out of ten, I'm, you're going to see me in a suit. That's, that's who I am. You know? I don't get up in the morning and say, gee, let me get a pair of jeans, and I'm not against jeans. Okay? Even though, you know, I was so rebellious when I was in high school. Yeah. Because you weren't allowed to wear jeans, blue jeans, to school. Blue jeans. You could wear green. You could wear brown. You could wear black. And they sold them. They did. Levi's. They did. I couldn't afford none of it, but they sold them. Did you ever have any? Yeah. How'd you get them? I stole them. I was lost. But him that stole, let him steal no more. That was before. <laughs> that was before. That's been a good change in my life. I remember my pastor telling back in the days when you could, you could send a penny postcard anywhere in the nation. But he said, who had a penny? Nobody had a penny to, to buy a postcard. Okay, that's hard for us to comprehend. But I have seen the day when I didn't have any rattling change, chump change in my pocket. I've seen that day. And, uh, but I remember my pastor telling that he Finally got to a place where he was able in a, in a store 
like a general store, and he, you know, you could get a shirt for pennies, and you could get any kind of item. It was very, very inexpensive. And uh, he said that he had, <clears throat> at the counter, somebody left a penny, believe it or not. And he put his finger on that penny. And he started sliding that penny towards him. He said, the closer I got, he said, the heavier that penny got. And the Holy Ghost was just pounding him and he slid that penny back. <laughs> just a penny, church family. Just a penny. Just a penny. For him that stole, let him steal no more. Him that lies, let him lie no more. That's the before. That's the before. It's so nice to come up out of the waters of baptism. Jesus came straightway up out of the water. And the heavens opened over him. It parted like a canopy. And the Bible said the Spirit of the Lord, in the form of a dove, descended upon him. And that confirmed for John the baptizer, this is the Christ. This is him. This, this is the faith. This is the message. No doubt about it. Here it is. I'm giving you the sign that I foretold you about. Showing us. Come up out of the waters of baptism. Born again of water. Heaven's open. Spirit descends upon you. To dwell in your life. Born again of the Spirit. Be born again of water and Spirit. This is the message. This is the truth. This is what you get to this church family, you learn this or you experience this, and you leave this. There's nowhere to go but down. Okay? Now I believe if you're around here hearing me, that you'd be interested in going up. <laughs> the wise, the wise, they had the oil. They had the born-again experience. Hence, they were wise. Okay? The foolish, they didn't get it. They, didn't, they, didn't, they just procrastinated, meaning they put it off. It's been said you can put something off and put it off and put it off until you put it off. <laughs> you know? We want to help people to do what the Bible said, to put it on. Let's put on Christ. Let's put on this experience. Let's get this. Let's get, let's get this to where we have a before, not like I used to be. We have people that come, and they'll come here for, uh, what's that called? AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. And, uh, oh, we tell them, yes, we're AA on steroids. Come in, have a seat. <laughs> we'll rock your world. You know? And, uh, you know, for people to be so horribly sick. Alcoholism is a sickness. To be so horribly sick and, and bound and to get an experience that they don't want it anymore. They lose the desire for it. How marvelous that is. And any other drug you want to name. I've seen people delivered from heroin. I've seen people delivered from cocaine. All kinds of drugs that had such, that spirit had such a grip in their lives. 
They have a before. They can stand up and testify about how they used to be. And they're not that way anymore. They're not that way anymore. They don't wake up shaking, craving, okay? Some kind of drug, some kind of alcohol, which is a drug. They don't want that. Cigarettes. They're not the things that they were bound by. They're not bound by those things anymore. That was the old me. That was the before. I used to steal, but that was before. I don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. I told you I got a, a phone call, and the, the lady said her name, and I don't remember what her name was. She just you know, said her name. And, this is so-and-so, and, -so and um, we've got a program that will help you with your addictions. You know, your drinking and your drugs. And she said, are you interested? What I'm interested in, lady, is telling you. <laughs> and I told her. I said, nigh unto 50 years ago, I got baptized in Jesus' name and got filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I haven't had a drink since. You hear me? I haven't had any drugs since. All right. That's my before. Let me show you my after. Okay? Let me show you by the life that I now live in Christ Jesus and have put on in Christ Jesus. Not to show off. Not to brag on me. But to glorify my Father which is in heaven. To let my light so shine. My light shine. We're my family. And they'll get a, they got a, a time and an opportunity. I told somebody the other day, I said, and I said, I'm, I made it clear, I said, I'm not bragging. I said, I'm just telling you a fact. My wife and I have given up mother, father, brother and sister, aunt and uncle, by the scores, all kinds of children, all kinds of connections naturally. Given them up when it became necessary. We gave them up. We got away from them. We got away from that lifestyle. We witnessed to them. We told them the truth. We lived it before them. And then it was time to move on. There's a work to do. There's a work to do. There's a lost and dying world out there. There are people that don't know how to be born again of water and spirit. And the devil just like for you to get caught up in somebody else's fuss and somebody else's lifestyle, you know, and you become some kind of enabler, okay? Well, I may not be your considered to be the person that you like to see coming, but at least you're going to know I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to pat you on the back. I'm going to tell you, oh, it's all right. I'm not going to do that because that's not going to help you at all. I'm not going to encourage you in a sinful lifestyle. I'm not going to encourage you to do the wrong thing. I had somebody come to my office not too long ago, and it's a simple thing. I just said, I looked at the document. I said, okay, what you're going to do is right. I said, but one more thing. I said, Get it notarized when you do it. Oh, no, 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 you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. No, it says right here, you don't have to do that. 
And I just simply said, okay, I've told you. Have your way. Have a good day. Bye now. He came back five minutes later and said, you know what? I got to read it a little closer and said, it does need to be. <laughs> well, you not only want to read a little closer here, church family, when we're talking about the Word of God, but you, you might want to just take advice from somebody that's been down the road a little bit. And sometimes we have to take precautions. And sometimes we have to steer clear of certain things. You learn by experience, you know. You can learn good things by experience. Not just bad things. You can learn good things. You get with the church, you can learn good things. You can learn a lot of good things in the body of Christ. Amen. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Talking to you about before and after. And also about, you know, just getting out of, out of the flesh and getting in the spirit. And being so happy, being so happy and so excited about living for God. He went on to say, as he talked about our God, he said, the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. He said, be honor and glory. He said, this charge I commit unto thee. Okay? He said that thou, by this experience, that you might war a good warfare. He said, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away, some people have put away a good conscience. Some people have overrode it. Some people have left the iron on the shirt or the blouse and scorched it and burned it to its it's no good. There's nothing you can do. I'm glad God can do things. Amen. I'm very glad of that. But he said, you might war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some, you've got to be honest, church family, some people have put away a good conscience concerning faith or the faith and have made shipwreck. Some people have done that. Paul named some names. Oh, brother, I could name names. I'm not going to do that. But he named some names. And he said, Whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Not everybody's saying good things. Not everybody's going to say good things. But you know, the church has a history of holding up its head and going forward. Came out of Egypt after 430 years of oppression and hard work and whippings and beatings and bondage because they obeyed. They obeyed. And God had Moses take them by the hand as God took Moses by the hand and led them out of Egypt and led them through you know, a winding path. You could question that. Why does it have to be this way? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? It's like a young man said to me one time, why can't it always be 57 degrees? <laughs> well, for one reason, maybe somebody next to you doesn't want it to be 57. Maybe they want it to be 67. 
personally, I like 77. You know, I thought uh, coming home, I think it was last night, what a beautiful evening it was, and it was 77 degrees, and I thought, you know, thank God for our beautiful South Florida weather. Everybody said amen. Let's give God a big hand. Amen. Thank God for blowing that hurricane <laughs> out, out, out to the east, out to the east, out to the east. Yeah, it's like that thing just came and it went woo, way out over there and showed up somewhere else way north. Thank you, Lord, for sparing us once again. That we can add another, another season that we have not had a hurricane right here. How blessed we are. How blessed we are, church family. You want to keep thanking Him. You want to keep praising Him. Don't wait till the drama hits. Oh, hurricane's coming. Hurricane's coming. You know. I remember one of the children got told about, uh, use the word tornado. And he got it mixed up and he said, the tomato is coming. The tomato is coming. Well, sometimes the only time that people get stirred up is when the drama comes. You know. And uh, all of a sudden they want to pray. All of a sudden they want to get, well, you know what? If it takes a hurricane to get you to pray, I'll start praying for the hurricane, I guess. And I really don't want to do that because that's going to affect all of us. But I'd sure like to get you to awaken, to awaken to righteousness and sin not. I would love for you to get baptized in Jesus' name. He said, what doth hinder? Here's water. What, what's hindering? Come on. It's right there. It's right there. What's hindering? What's hindering? What's hindering? What's stopping you from being baptized in Jesus' name? Well, my mom won't let me. Well, if you're not 18... I guess that's, you know, something we have to pray through until that happens. Until you, your odometer turns over. I can't imagine why not, but I guess there are people that can. Something, something's wrong inside of them and that they would actually take it out on their child and trip up their child. You know, if you want to help, be a good example. Be wise. Get, get this born again experience. And let them see, let them visualize the change in you for the good. Give them the before and the after. Everybody said amen. amen. Yeah. Woo. Brother. Yes, sir. I, I was a mess. I was had all kinds of facial hair and Long hair and had Buddha hanging around my neck and uh, wore all kinds of crazy clothes that were considered in fashion and in style. Helped sell them. Worked in that kind of business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember when I got, first got the Holy Ghost and uh, I grabbed up that English double-breasted suit and those red, white, and blue loafers. Mm -hmm. And I came into church and I got, 
I got smoked by the Holy Ghost. And I said, okay. Don't want, this isn't what I want people to see about me. So I gave away the suit, and I got some black shoe polish, Brother Colbert. <laughs> and I uh, changed those shoes to solid black. And uh, I didn't want to identify anymore with the old lifestyle. Didn't want to be that way anymore. Picked up my clothes at the Goodwill, or formerly known as the Red, White, and Blue back then. And, uh, yeah. My wife wore the same dress that somebody in the church made for her. I couldn't tell you how many services she wore that to. It was the only one she had. Just wore it, oh, wash it, wear it, wash it, wear it. I guess that's where wash and wear came from. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. That wasn't what we particularly were keen for people to see. We wanted them to see that our whole lifestyle had changed. We wanted them to see that God has made an after. That hereafter, we're not that way anymore. Go ahead and watch. Go ahead and observe. You know. You'll see. We don't go those places anymore. We don't act those ways anymore. We've got a... That's the before. And that got buried in the waters of baptism. We came up out of those waters. And we're born again of, of water. And we're filled with the Holy Ghost. We're born again of the Spirit. Oh, our family hated it. They hated it. They said they would rather see us doing drugs and divorce than be like this. You hear me? That's a quote. That's what they said. They hated it. You know why they hated it? Because our light was shining. And that was very convicting. They, they wanted to run away from that light. They wanted to hide from that light. This isn't anything to hide from, church. That's what Adam and Eve did. Right? Lord came walking in the cool of the day. You know, my God's cool. Came walking in the cool of the day, as he did at other times. He's calling Adam. Adam. Calling your name. Where are you? The voice speaks up and says, We're over here. We're hiding. Because we're sinful. We're naked. We're ashamed of our lifestyle. The Lord said, Who told you that you? Who told you that? Did you do what you what I told you not to do? Did you disobey me? It's like God couldn't believe it. Oh, and then here it comes. Well, it wasn't me. It was the serpent. Everybody's blaming everybody else. And, uh, you know the rest of it, how the Bible teaches it. 
Thank, thank you, Jesus, for that day. Because of my ignorance and my unbelief that you forgave me and you delivered me and you allowed me to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And you forgave me of every sinful, wrong thing. You washed my conscience clean. Oh God, thank you. I'm free. I'm no longer bound by sin and darkness. My mind has been, the Bible used the word, illuminated. God has lit me up. He's turned on a bright light. And He's shown me what's right. He's shown me what's right. Everybody said, praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. Just a little bit further on, a couple of pages, you come to Titus. We're told in verse 1 of chapter 2 in the book of Titus, just a couple of pages from where we were at. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Become, it adorns, it complements sound doctrine. Talked about the senior men, talked about the senior women and behavior and the purpose that you might teach the younger. Right on down to the children as mentioned. Tells you to be discreet, verse 5. Chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient, that the word of God be not blasphemed. It speaks to the young men to be sober-minded. I get a little worried when, as we're getting older and we're still... <laughs> I get a little worried. You know? I get a little worried. Time to grow up. Time to grow up. Grow in grace and knowledge. He said in all things, verse 7, showing thyself, here's that word again, a pattern, a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness. You cannot be corrupted. Gravity, sincerity. Verse 8, sound speech. Sound speech. Sound doctrine brings about sound speech that cannot be condemned. Verse 8, Titus chapter 2, church family. Sound speech that cannot be condemned. That he, he that is of the contrary part. You know, there are people that are contrary. There are contrary spirits. They get a hold of people. Yeah. That he that is of the contrary part, may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Verse 9, exhort, exhort. Trying to tell people that have jobs and people over them to be obedient to their employers and to please them well in all things. It's just about being a light church family. It's about doing a good job. 
doing a good job. Not purloining, that is, don't be stealing. Not even a penny. I told you about the woman that was in the church here, and uh, she interviewed for a job. They told her to come work for a day. She's going to be a, a house cleaner. And uh, she went into the laundry room, and she got the clothes, and she was shaking them out, making sure that nothing was in them before she put them in the washing machine. And all of a sudden, she heard a clunk, clunk, tinkle, tinkle. And a quarter fell out of the jeans. And she got that quarter, and she put it on the counter right there next to the washing machine, went about doing the laundry. The owner of the house came home around 5 o'clock that day. He went straight to the laundry room, and he saw that quarter. And he said, you're hired. You're hired. People are very visual, and they're very affected by what they see. People are looking for honest people. I always tell our young men, young women, you get a job, you be very honest. You give the work you're supposed to give, the hours you're supposed to give, and you never, ever steal anything or take anything. Uh, there's a young man sitting here this morning. He still has his job because he's honest. He's honest. He maybe couldn't do things as good and as fast and as better as everybody else, but he's honest. And the boss, the big boss, said, I like him. Oh, yeah. Bosses like honesty. They like honesty. They like people who are diligent about their job. They're about it. They're doing a good job. Everybody said praise the Lord. That's how we want to raise up these young men here. Let's give them a big hand. What a great change. Very, very thankful for how that God has brought these young men to us and how they've knuckled under and taken the training, the teaching. And uh, they're a big help in many ways. And I want God to give them the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we've got most of them baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Most of them. And we're praying for some of them. Sure we are. Amen. So, he that is of the contrary part. There's going to be people that's going to be contrary going to be people that, if you read on, they, they uh, he said, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. And it's teaching us, church family, deprive me of my ignorance, it's teaching us, just like teaching Sunday school to these young men, teaching us that denying, don't want nothing to do with that, ungodliness and worldly lust, don't want anything to do with that, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, right now, right here, right now, and that we should be looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. That means a special, rare people. All these young ladies coming in that are being trained and taught from Sunday to Sunday. All the good teaching, all the imparting. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. They should have their pictures taken and stay with the, stay with the church. You leave, you won't look like that picture for long anymore. Because right now you're looking good. Gentlemen, you're looking handsome. Yeah. You're looking masculine. That's something to be said nowadays, isn't it? You're looking feminine, ladies. That's something to be said nowadays. I'm glad our girls aren't walking down. Come walking like that to one of these young men, he's going to be going in another direction. Amen. In contrary, gentlemen, you, you come walking over there, these like, hey, see, how you doing? Where's your, where's your, where's your baby doll? <laughs> then they're going to be running. They're going to be running. But that's, you know, that's what's going on in our society. And that, that's what they're promoting. They're promoting it. They, they are making it not only possible, I mean, they are paving the way. They are encouraging it. Okay? Oh, no. That's not what our word says. That's not what the Bible said. Not at all. That's contrary stuff. That's, that's not it at all. We are telling you that, according to the word of God, this grace that has appeared in our lives, and he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all that kind of stuff and purify unto himself a peculiar people, wise people, zealous of good works. He said, these things speak. This is what you ought to be talking about. And he said, and exhort and even rebuke with all long suffering, with all authority actually, in this, this particular verse, with all authority. And he said, let no man despise thee. And it just goes on, so many good things. He said, because, you know, we were past tense. We were sometimes foolish. We were sometimes disobedient. We were deceived. We were serving different kinds of lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another. But after... Talking this morning about before and after. Verse 5, chapter 3, Titus. Verse 4, chapter 3 of Titus. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. He said, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. We're not bragging on ourselves. We're letting our light so shine that our Father in heaven, the Spirit, will be glorified and magnified. Everybody said amen. amen. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. He saved us. And He did it by the washing of regeneration. That's John 3, 5. That's being born of water and born of the Spirit. And He said, and, He saved us, and by the renewing of the Holy Ghost which he shed on us abundantly. The more that we come to church, the more that we're in attendance, the more that we're faithful to prayer, pre-service prayer, the more that we're 
putting ourselves into the great work of God, then the more we're going to increase our chances to be renewed. To be renewed. Yes, everybody said amen. 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 You know, <clears throat> there are some people that are, I've got somebody that's looking for an opportunity. They just want to wash my truck. Well, you know what? Have at it, because it's dirty as all get out. But, I mean, they, they just want to do that. And that's a good thing. I'm very happy. Let's feel the same way about not just renewing the, the car wash on the vehicle or things of that nature, but let's, let's get all excited about wanting to get renewed in the Holy Ghost. Let's get renewed in the Holy Ghost. I want to get to church. I want to clap. I want to worship. I want to praise. I want to take a lap around the church. Yeah. I want to magnify the Lord. Yes. I want to get renewed. I want to get renewed. Amen. Well, I see the clock is telling me it's time to quit. So, I'm going to do that. Let's stand together. Brother... Val is coming to help out here quickly. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As the ushers get ready, everybody say, God bless the offering. God bless the offering. In Jesus' name. Jesus', Jesus name. name. Thank you, dear God. Got a lot of people that are anxious to turn in their pledges today. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'll share one with each. There you go. Wait a minute, I gotta give them all, right? Yeah! Come on! Is worthy to be praised. I will sing. I will sing unto the Lord. And bless His holy name. I will sing. I will sing unto the Lord. For He is worthy. Worthy to be praised. I will sing unto the Lord. And bless His holy name. 